I'm Kevin Clark. I'm Matt Lynch. I'm Travis Vogt. We got all of us here. All three of us are here. We're gonna episode two. It's episode two. We hope you did your homework and watched the movies. We Pacula Attack of the Clones. Oh, sorry. <laughs> if you didn't, don't bother <laughs> listening to this podcast. It won't make any sense. Uh, I Pacula- only watched one of the movies. So Pacula Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> we did forget at the end of the last podcast to uh, do oh, we the did. Uh, we did Mad- do puns. to do the Mad Magazine parody titles. Um, so all this whole this podcast, uh, everybody, all three of us, be thinking of. Uh, Mad Magazine parody title for one or all of these movies. Okay. Um, the three movies we're going to cover today are... Presumed Innocent, mm-hmm. Consenting uh, Adults, and The Pelican Brief. Yeah. All uh, Pacula <clears throat> from... Am I saying his name right? Pacula? It's Pacula. Pac- Pacula? Pacula from 90 to 95? 6? When's Pelican Brief? Where's that? Early? 93. 93. 93. So it's yeah. like 90, 92, 93. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pakula, they, uh, the, and, and we talked about this before we started recording, but the director of my favorite movie of all time, mm-hmm. <laughs> All the President's Men. And, also uh, directed Clute. Also Clute, directed The Parallax, the Parallax View. View. Sort his, of the, the, his paranoia the triumvirate trilogy. of yeah, yeah. Paranoid He also did stories. other movies that, um, like Sophie's Choice. Sophie's Choice. He so, did he a, did, so he's he's yeah. like this, you know, he's he's Definitely renowned. a prestige director. But during the 70s, he had like that, that sort of trilogy of of murder of sort of this like murder mystery still to this day considered like you know sort of uh-huh. the perfect trifecta of yeah, those yeah. films and Zodiac like, clearly referencing all of them all, and his all, style all three of them probably yeah, yeah. definitely <clears throat> one of those weird directors who can rightfully be called like a master mm-hmm. who petered out petered out fast too because <laughs> most of who his, had like a whole rest of his career yeah. that wasn't that was not was auspicious not, at all not really at all I mean yeah. like he did movies in the 80s, new movie in the 80s called Rollover which is a very strange movie with Jane Fonda and Chris Christopherson which is about Arabs manipulating the stock market to take mm. over the American government. Wow. I kind of want to watch Comes that. Comes a Horseman, also with Jane Fonda. Worked a lot with Fonda, which is like a weird Western drama with James Caan. Yeah, lots of yeah. stuff that's, you know, most people don't remember is not awesome. Devil's Own was like a little that was his final film. period that we're doing, and it was that kind was of a famous after bomb. Pelican Prieve. Right. Yeah, you know, not terrible. I rewatched that for, you know, no good reason, but I did just because we were going to talk about Pakula. And it's not, I mean, at the time it came out, it was considered kind of a boring flop, but it's okay. I, I remember finding that movie interesting because I did see that movie too, and I I, I would give it a pretty close to the same assessment. Like that's eh, fine. Yeah. But it, it, there's a little not much to it. But that movie had a at the time what ninety five ninety six something like that hundred million dollar. Well, budget. partly because they had to do they a had lot to of reshoots. Brad, they had to pay. Oh, was it reshoots? Reshoots. Too? Brad Pitt and Ford hated each other. Ugh, but they were also getting of, probably like. Yeah, they're getting 30, their full quotes. Million. They were getting paid a bunch. Yeah, it's like the quintessential like you do not see that movie on the screen type movie. Yeah. You're like, how did that movie cost? It's like it all takes place in like a neighborhood. It's and also it, one car explodes. It's weird because it has like all of the room for like cliches you would expect to happen, but like the two main characters, Ford and Pitt, they have no tangible relationship in the movie. Like nothing really happens in it that. There's no, there's no drama at all. Yeah, I have not we're getting ahead of ourselves. I have, I have not long, seen that. Too, right? it's, no, it's like under two. Oh, is it under two? No, let's get the devil's own out of the way. Right. Well, because that's kind of the end of his career. <laughs> that's the end of his career. Yeah, he was yeah. killed, I believe, in a car accident. Was he not? I think he's still alive. No, he's not. No, he died. 
Bakula died? Bakula's yeah. dead. He's been dead for Pakula, years. Bakula, yeah. I'm going to fuck that up. Well, I'm going to fuck it up. It's not fuck Scott it Bakula. It's Alan Pakula. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, so the movies we're going to cover are sort of this this early, I guess, early 90s period. Early 90s period. Um, and they run the gamut from gr- actually great uh, to, to god-awful terrible. To god-awful terrible <laughs> to what am I looking at yeah. terrible. Like, what kind of movie is this supposed Complete to be? Complete garbage. Uh, we are going to spoil the shit out of them, which yeah. is in- especially unfortunate if you haven't seen Presumed Innocent. Right. So, I mean, don't stop listening. I don't want to tell you to stop listening. <laughs> Keep listening, but uh, get ready for us to spoil Presumed Innocent. Which well, does... I'm going to do it right now because there's like a famous Kids in the Hall <laughs> sketch that spoils Presumed Innocent. Remember, you know, I forget what the actual title of the bit is, but it's the one where Kevin McDonald is like the Satanist talk show host. And he's, I don't think I've seen it. He's got a, he's got a sidekick. It's Dave Foley who plays his sidekick, Manservant Hecubus. And he's trying to illustrate just what a dick Hecubus is. Uh-huh. And he's like, look, I'll show you. He's like, Manservant Hecubus, have you seen the movie Presumed Innocent? And Dave Foley says, yes, sir, I have. And his wife killed her. <laughs> he spo- just spoils the movie right out. That is the most amazing thing about Presumed Innocent is that the twist is just spectacular. It's a pretty amazing twist. And, it, and, and the it, way it's and, delivered and is great, And that it too. checks out, too. It, is te- it yeah. checks out, is totally telegraphed, but only if you're paying attention to the right parts because they telegraph an entirely different twist mm-hmm. and pull it out at the very last second. Yeah. Um, well, should we... I guess let's just... Oh, hi, did you uh, look let, up... Let's just... Uh, is let's, he, this is, is he dead? Fairly interesting. <laughs> Uh, he's definitely dead. You were right, but but the details are something. Oh, uh, died in 1998 in a car accident on the Long Island Pipe went through Expressway. his windshield. Yes, he was 70 years old. A driver in front of him struck a metal pipe, which went through Pakula's windshield, struck him in the head, boom, and caused him to swerve off the road. In caused defense. him, he caused was him killed. to not have a head. He was killed instantly. Oh my God, yeah. that's like something that would happen in one of his movies. That's like yeah. something. Well, that... he was. A, it's like a, it's a whole setup. It's a conspiracy. He figured out that they were making government assassins, and they had to pop him off. John Grish- it's like John Grisham head. wrote his yeah. death. Alan Pakula <laughs> knew too much. Yeah. <laughs> Follow the money, Alan. You're in charge of this investigation. There were 150 lawyers down there. They couldn't find one who didn't sleep with her. Find out which of the creeps she put away is out on parole. She's dead. And you're still obsessing. You were in Carolyn's apartment the night she was killed. We've got the fingerprint results. There's a call from your house to hers that night. This is absurd. All right. Presumed Innocence. Yeah. Based on a novel by Scott Turow, a, a very good, popular bestseller at the time. Grishamy type. Very Grishamy, sort of pre-Grisham. Pre-Grisham. And a bit more, a bit classier than Grisham, I would say. Just a little. Yeah. In any case, uh, this movie is about uh, Harrison Ford plays Rosette, a.k.a. Rusty Savage. Terrible name. It's a good name. They know the rusty part, but they just whenever they say his they keep name, calling him Rosat, Rosat, Mister Rosat Savage. Rusty. And you're like, oh god. Anyway, he's a he's a <laughs> prosecutor, mm-hmm. and uh, his he is accused of the murder of his mistress, another prosecutor played by Greta, Greta Skaki, yeah, uh, with whom he was having a torrid extramarital affair. Yeah. Uh, at the end of a very arduous trial, in which he is acquitted. Because of the reveal of, of some missing evidence, which it turns out was was withheld by a friendly investigator. Yep. Uh, John Spencer. John from Spencer the West from the West Wing. From the Leo, fucking, fucking Leo from West Wing. Uh, <laughs> it also is revealed that both uh, their boss, Brian Dennehy, mm-hmm. the district district attorney, and the judge presiding over the case also fucked her. Oh. 
And so everybody is wildly maliciously corrupt. Yeah. And uh, he's acquitted. And then at the very end of the movie, they are still playing it as if the twist is that he actually did it. Yeah, you're, you're, he's, you he's, are absolutely directed to the idea that he did it. The final scene of the movie takes place in his like garden shed, and he's looking at the hammer with which we that we know is the murder weapon, and it is caked in her blood, and it's bits of it's her, got hair her hair on it, on it still, and it totally looking at it like it's this is the reveal that he actually did it. And then from behind him, off camera, you hear Bonnie Bedelia, who plays his wife, go, "I did it. I did it." She's talking about a job interview that she got the job. I nailed job. that job interview. But then she sees that he's holding the hammer, and she confesses the world. And they stay together. That's the end of the movie. Because like, you got to admire the passion behind that. He was he was cheating on her, and he, she fucking killed her. Well, like, she, she also didn't assume that he would ever be found guilty. Like, yeah. She assumed yeah, she wasn't trying to frame him up. She just wanted to put the fear into him. Mm-hmm. She wanted to scare him. Because she loves it. And she makes a whole speech about it, like how much she loves I mean, that's yeah. you got, I mean that's illegal. You shouldn't kill people. But boy, oh boy, that's got to be a little flattering. It's, no, it's hard a great to, scene. to have a, a woman as pretty as Bonnie Bedelia go, I've obliterated this woman's <laughs> life because you're mine. It's I hard staged to, her rape. It's hard to not talk about the end of the movie uh, really right something. from the start, kind of, because... Uh, the whole movie is very, it goes about a very straightforward trajectory. Yeah. There are not a lot of surprises in it. The twists don't seem feel like perfunctory a twist because well, they're all intellectual. They're all like, oh, the judge was fucking her too? Well, yeah. it's very like, and it's very uh, like Ford. It's also deeply misogynist, this movie, Ford and, is, I've got to say. <laughs> Ford is great, and he plays it very like, he's playing it so flat that the in a, in a good way that like you, the whole time you could, he could conceivably have done it or mm-hmm. not have done it. And like even up till that very end when she confesses, I'm like, oh, maybe, 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 maybe he did, he did do it. it. I mean, I watched this with my girlfriend who had never seen it, but knew there was a twist, partly because I was going, oh man, there's a great, there's a great twist in this movie. <laughs> oh, but I the whole time that. she was like, he did it, he did it. And then at the very end, she's like, I told you he did it. Okay. And then she was totally knocked out by by the by the giveaway. Yeah, it's it's well, cause also because Bonnie Bedelia is such a is such a great actor, and she's kind of. She has some early scenes where, but she's barely in the movie. In ways, she's like kind of sitting behind him. But and she's kind of backgrounded like a lot. And I was kind of like, I was kind of like, why is she not in this movie more? It seems like a waste. And I'm in my brain just going like, well, that's what they do with actors, actresses. You know, yeah, they go. She's like, the wife. She's the wife. And so she's just in the scene, sitting there. At but the ev- but almost every time there's like a crucial piece of evidence or something that we don't know as an audience, it'll cut to her and she'll be like bewildered but it but it's cutting to her but in the like it, behind him or something but the first yeah. time you watch it it's cutting to her and you think she's oh, she feels terrible she thinks he did it she right. thinks her husband killed well, it's this talking woman. about his sperm yeah. constantly and how he fucked this, yeah, this other poor woman. woman this is must and be embarrassing and for so her. you're like but it's constantly just cutting to reaction shots of her and i kind of felt like god what the fuck why did they get fucking bonnie bedelia for this they could have just gotten a cardboard cutout or something that had different reactions on it until the end when she does her like whole sort of her Lady Macbeth speech, man. It's and awesome. it's like, oh shit. Yeah. This is oh that's why you that's why she and you kind of because the whole time you're also wondering like why would an actress like Bonnie Bedelia like agree to like want to be in this movie? She's she could probably have done something else yeah. that was was better than this. And then you get the end and go oh I see she read the whole script. Yeah. <laughs> she decided. Oh to, shit. Go, this oh, is okay. juicy. Oh shit. And this I'll, is the most juicy part. It turns out. Also, there's a great part, and also she she like knew she like he was up front with she like when it was revealed to us that he'd fucked this lady. You're kind of like oh no she's gonna find out, and then it turns out she knew. Yeah. Like he he'd confessed to her already yeah which obviously then mean you know she knew so she 
<laughs> right. like murdered this murdered this poor woman. It also opens and closes with these like uh, Harrison Ford over an empty jury box, yeah. like doing narration about I'm a prosecutor and here's how the law works. And at the beginning, you're kind of like, oh, it's sort of this optimistic look of what his job is. And at the end, you're like, um, oh, and he's like, the last is, line is there is a punishment. Stuff is gross. Ooh, he's got to, yeah, he's got to live with it. You got to live with it. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is a, a movie that a lot of movies are twist movies and you know that they are like, you start watching it and you're like, this movie's going to have a twist. So yeah. we'll see how good the twist is. But this movie doesn't feel like a twist movie. Mm-hmm. No. And then, and then it feels it's like. It's also because Pakula shoots, it's the only one of his late films that he shoots like his classic early stuff. It's real plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All masters. It feels yes. It feels it feels just like it's trying to aim for like a solid sort of prestige sort of thing, and it's not trying to do too much. And you're like, okay, I can do this. And then you're like, this is well acted. It looks good. We're, mm-hmm. This is what it's gonna be. And then and then it's not paced in a way that feels like it's leading up to a thing either. It, it feels like there's gonna be some sort of conclusion. We'll find out whether he's guilty or innocent, and that's what right. it's gonna be. And then it feels like the denouement is happening, and you're like, oh, it's Harrison Ford. He's going home. And then it switches up, mm-hmm. so it's like the pacing also helps too because you, you don't feel there's, like yeah, there's no climax. There's not like a yeah. car chase at the end where they're finding the evidence well, or something yeah. like that. He's directed it the same way that Harrison Ford plays it. Like they're it's because he's directing it in this way that's very like straightforward. Like here's this scene, now here's the next scene, and here's the next scene, and you you know how this goes. It's mm-hmm. a courtroom movie too, uh, which is not my favorite genre. But now that we're diving into this, I realize it's going to be a lot yeah. of these movies. Yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. But uh, but I, you know, this is a courtroom. I would put this as one of say this is one of my favorite of the courtroom uh, drama genre. I just feel like there's it's always such a lazy thing to end up in. I feel like I don't like the courtroom genre because like so many movies end like they go like what do we do? A uh, courtroom scene, and I mean like comedies and shit mm-hmm. like big daddy and b and b movie both have their like both i now have, pronounce you chuck and larry they both all have their like their like their big climactic scene is like now we're in court and you're like why is this movie taking place in a courtroom all of a sudden that's, Whereas, a, that's a classic comedy trope this one makes this one makes more sense this one makes more sense because it's like uh, about a crime in, in defense of those filmmakers though i did jury duty last year and the part part when it actually did go into a courtroom it was Fucking exciting! <laughs> so I could see that. I could see go like I got a. Has anybody made a movie about this? This is so thrilling. Both times I've only been uh, in the jury pool, so I didn't actually. You get didn't to, get to go into you don't the. Get to go swimming? I didn't get called, which I, was which was fine. I just got I just got like two days off of work and I finished some. I read some books. You didn't get you didn't get like pulled into the room where they decide whether or not you're gonna. No. Uh, nah, I was just. It was, it was the most boring experience I've ever had until they pulled me to go like see if I would get selected, <laughs> and then it was the most exciting. Uh, was that like was a, that the one point where you're like, wow, I really do want to get selected now? Yes, uh-huh. that's exactly right. Because I was like, don't put me on a jury. I don't want. I just want to do my. I just want to do my regular job, and I don't. This is to change my life. And then I got pulled into it, and it was like intrigue and like. Right. And then and then lawyers who are like really well dressed and smart are like looking right at you and going like. How do you Is feel kind of about chump? racial justice? <laughs> and everyone's looking at you, and you're like, "I'm against it." And they're like, mm, mm-hmm. "No, I know for it." Or wait, oh, wait. Which, which one? <laughs> wait, say the phrase the question again. I'm the one that's not bad. Uh, the good one. The good one. I'm not racist. I swear to God. Uh, yeah. Well, it was, How do you feel about Harrison Ford? So there's just like an I presume in, he's innocent. Inherent <laughs> okay, grippingness you're be, to the you're whole dismissed. thing. It's like lives in the balance and all that sort of thing, and it's performative because it's all you know public and shit like that. But but it's also repetitive if it's in movies because it's just the same thing. How, how different can a court be? They're all kind of the same. Right. It's the same setting. Well, we had a courtroom one last time too. Um, Star, Star Chamber. Chamber. This that is had some courtroom yeah. stuff. This is a <clears throat> this is a much better 
courtroom movie. Yeah. <laughs> this then, one has a lot less of Michael Douglas just going like, ah, what are you going to do? I got to let this rapist off. There's um, <laughs> I got to let him go. They say sperm rules. They say sperm so many times. It's a pre-DNA thing. Let's talk about that. It made me laugh every time. We were playing, um, uh, uh, what's the fucking Jimmy Stewart one that Preminger... Oh, advise, uh, not advising consent, uh, uh, anatomy of murder. Yes. I was on in the background at work one day. See, they say panties a lot in that and movie. And Jimmy Stewart keeps Controversial. going, panties, panties. It's he very hot. Saying, he keeps saying panties. I love it when he says that. And it was like, <laughs> and, and the same, I had the same on. reaction in this whenever Raul Julia or anybody in the courtroom kept saying sperm. Because <laughs> it was just such sperm. a... Sperm. Especially when sperm. Raul Julia says it. Raul Julia plays his defense sperm. attorney and he has this very classy accent. What about the sperm? Raul Julia. Tell us about the sperm. Tell us about the sperm now. Raul Julia is just great. Okay, He's that's, great. That's, a, that's yeah. another, that's Paul another great... Winfield plays the loss. judge. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a. I mean, it's a. It's a loaded cast. Yeah, it's great. Um, it keeps in the, in the courtroom. Harrison <laughs> Ford's in it. Ooh. Every time you say because you talk about how it cuts to Bonnie Bedelia during these like reveals, but it also keeps cutting to this one blonde woman in the jury. In the jury, box yeah. Every time that something, and you're like, it's just cutting to her looking like. I'm gonna guy, fucking this railroad this guy. Guilty. Yeah. He's fucking guilty. Is he is? I'm presuming he's guilty of other crimes. Yeah. That's how mad she. <laughs> I she presume looks he so, is not innocent. She looks so upset. <clears throat> And it's on purpose because the guys, the judge is literally saying like, now there's going to be some stuff in here that's, you know, presented and it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean he's guilty, even though that's, he's being, you know, prosecuted for blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to this woman, like, just looking like, oh, he's guilty. Well, another thing about this movie is that, uh, like the next movie we're going to talk about, uh, and a lot of these early 90s, uh, late 80s thrillers, uh, the, the, the introduction of DNA technology just wipes these movies out. Mm-hmm. The, the mysteries that, that are involved, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't carry them off today. Like, yeah, there's all the talk about sperm in this movie. Right. And it is his. It turns out to be his sperm. It is like, his sperm. It is his sperm. But, uh, but they would have also been able to determine that the other, the other people that had been having sex with her as well, uh, they would have been able to determine that the sperm that was deposited on her body was, you know, old. old. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know, before that, before this sort of evidence was like more more prominent. I've been watching a lot of this show called Forensic Files. My okay. girlfriend loves the show, and they're all from like 15 years ago anyway. But there's plenty of cases where there was no DNA testing, and it's just like the the shit that got people convicted uh, is completely weird and circumstantial. Like they used to think you could def- definitely match somebody's hair. You can't do that at all. Yeah. And it's like. Thousands of people have been convicted on stuff like oh, this. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's weird that it's more plausible that you could you could sort of concoct these conspiracies and frame somebody with some you know mild physical evidence that you know, never now would ne- never work. Right. Also, she also she they pointed out in court that she had her fallopian tubes tied. She had her tubes tied. Yeah. So why <laughs> why would fallopian? she use? He says fallopian tubes. Yeah. Uh, and isn't it like why would she uh, use like, spermicide? Like, like, was, like, in, like the sperm had been killed with spermicidal jelly, and so why would they use that? Yeah. It's like I was in sex ed class again or something, and every time he said sperm or fallopian <laughs> tubes, I was laughing. <laughs> also, if they had taken his sperm out of her body. And tested it with DNA testing, they would have also found genetic material from the wife. Yeah. Right? So. Careful yeah. with your sperm out there, everyone. Yeah, everybody I mean, be careful. That shit gets everywhere. Yeah. yeah be careful with that sperm. Careful just, with your fallopian tubes as well. It's yeah. just straight up DNA. Yeah. It's 100% and DNA. And if you don't want kids, have your fallopian tubes tied. Yeah. Get a vasectomy. Or, you know, just a, a little public service announcement. Get your fallopian <laughs> tubes tied. Even if you do want kids, just yeah, everybody just do it. get them tied. Well, do it yourself. Uh, well, what do we uh, what do we want to rate this on? I'm giving this four juds. Out four of five. juds. 
Yeah, that's what I'd give it to. Four Judds. I, like, I like that that leaves us a lot of room, too. What is what is this movie that that earns five Judds? I know, because this, this is a good movie. It's really good. It's not It's not quite four and a half. I would say almost four and a half, but it's like four, and it's like just solid. It's because it's just, it just does what it's supposed to do, and I think that's kind of all we can It's ex- all the twist. I mean, without the this. twist, this isn't a great movie. It's almost like a movie that aimed to get four stars it's also or that four the, Judds. The twist like We're works. just going to make a four, four Judd movie. Four Judd movie. We, yeah. know, we know that these I guys will, are I will dock it a half a Judd because I think, it, like I said, it's deeply misogynist. It's all about how these men could not resist this succubus, this woman, <laughs> yeah. who just hypnotized them into fucking her. They don't really go a lot into her except that she, like, uh, and it turns out she fucked everybody. She was a man-eater, and she was corrupt, by the and way. she was corrupt, oh, she was taking She was taking kickbacks. So you're kind of like, bad uh, news. Okay, so, but what's her, but what's her story? Well, we don't know, because she, she got beat to death by she, another woman. Exactly. <laughs> by another woman. It's so, all, you know... So I'm going four Judds. What was your, Kevin? I'm going to say four. four we're we're, all, four we're all in agreement. Solid, solid four, four Judds. Judd. The, f- the best movie we've had on the podcast yeah. so far. And it's so the far. first one that we all agreed with on our rating with, too. Yeah. yeah. So we're pretty quick into the game. Second it's, episode. It's just a solid movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's the best of these 90s uh, Pakula movies. For sure. Absolutely. Like, it's his last good it was movie. Pretty pretty much downhill for him after this. Like, uh, even though the next one... I mean, spoiler alert, we don't like consenting adults <laughs> or the Pelican brief. Even though the next one, I'm probably going to end up giving, like, five Michael Douglases. I'm proposing a new a new rating system, too, where we... When, depending on the sleaze factor of a movie, mm. how uh, how many Michael Douglases you give it. Okay. So the Judds is, like, a quality. Michael Douglas is, like, a sleaze different factor. kind of quality. Right. <laughs> sleaze factor. I gotcha. Yeah. So I think that presumed innocent, uh, not not very many Michael Douglases. It's That's not very low on the Douglas scale because it's classy. It's not very sleazy. It, Harrison it, Ford might be an adulterer, but he's not a bad guy, right? And like he, I mean, he is an adulterer who, but also like him and who? his wife, like they he had told her, and it was like out. It wasn't right. They were he's working not on their marriage. Around, you know? or it's not like yeah. he's not like a Michael Douglas in Fatal Attraction or something right. who's and, a bad guy. And Bonnie Bedelia <laughs> is a murderer, absolutely, in cold blood. But like, if anything, isn't she most guilty of just loving too much? Exactly. <laughs> right. And murder could happen and, to anybody. And also, very guilty of murder. <laughs> Premeditated first degree. <laughs> She's as guilty of murder as she is of love. That uh, should have been the title of the movie. That's I guess it's guilty kind of, of murder. <laughs> so it's spoil. It's spoil. <laughs> Bonnie Bedelia guilty no, of that's murder. That's the sequel. This is <laughs> presumed innocent. Guilty, guilty of murder. Guilty of murder. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> guilty. Okay, so moving on, moving, moving, uh, moving uh, forward, but downwards. <laughs> Onward, not forwards. Uh, consenting adults. <laughs> yep. Oh, where to begin? First We're, of all, I was not able to see this movie. No, I did not have time. But I, and, I, and I'm feeling real bad about I'd, that too because it sounds like massively it's disappointing that you didn't see it. Because it's, I mean. I don't know. It's not that insane. It just sucks. Well, I think that we'll. I think it, we'll talk about it here. But we, I, I do want to um, revisit consenting adults for Travis's rating later. Because, later on, yeah, you should I, watch it. We'll get back. I'm we'll, going to watch we'll, it. I, still, we'll, I have it here. We'll jump back next episode. We're going to spoil it for you, though. So that's fine. But it's all going to be spoiled for you. But it's still, it's 100 worth watching, even if it's spoiled for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, consenting adults. You go. Uh, this is the first uh, sort of. This is more along the lines of like. Um, an erotic thriller at times, but it's also, it's like the plot is Kevin Klein and Mary, Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Um, 
are this couple, and they have a business where they do. Well, he is a jingle writer. He's a jingle for writer. And she, what does she she's, do? She's in charge of the business. Okay. She's like they're like a team. Okay. So he does the music, and she's like uh, handles the deals. So they're like it opens with them recording this jingle for like uh, K two skis or something, and this producer's giving them that's hassle. a good ski. They go back. They end up driving back to this uh, neighborhood, and the opening credits over this like music that seems weirdly out of it's place in a, in a thriller. Sort of Sylvester stuff. Um, and uh, it's it uh, they they go to suburban house and then uh, they get home and, and these the new neighbors new are new neighbors in. are there and it's this guy driving his motorcycle practically into his house out of the back of the U-Haul and he's got a boat he's got a boat and comes out and it's Kevin Spacey with like bleach blonde hair and deck oh, shorts wow. and like deck shorts and like a shitty Hawaiian got a polo shirt under his sweater like, hey how's it going I'm your new neighbor I'm so fucking cool and his wife is Rebecca Miller mm-hmm. daughter of Arthur Miller is that oh. true yes oh. and wife of Daniel Day Lewis D Day's wife huh Arthur Miller really is it, I didn't is it Marilyn Monroe's daughter that as well? one no okay but yeah I mean she's like daughter of the famous playwright hmm. playwright in her own. Yeah, in her own right she's, now. and she's written and directed she's, some movies too. Some movies, yeah. Personal Velocity and that other one with D Day, where it's like, what's it called? The uh, uh, the cover they're laying in a field. Yeah, the story of Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> the story of Daniel Day Lewis laying in a field. <laughs> anyway, that's the wife. Um, so they meet these new neighbors, um, and uh, Kevin Spacey plays a like a real estate speculator or something. Something. It's sort of like nebulous what he's actually doing. He's like he's, '80s guy on that episode of Futurama. Yeah, he's kind of like he's just like a, he's they're rich. Yeah, he's rich, and they uh, just bought this new house next door to them, I guess. And he's like, but he's some sort of a he's some he's sort of a con man. He's a slick guy. But he's a slick con man type of dude, and he's sort of like absorbs these two generally, I guess this normal this normal couple into his like I mean, sleazy orbit. It, it, it seems it seems like they're just gonna he's just making friends and they all become friends. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously Kevin Spacey's evil and he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> he's conning them. And it's a good. I, I will say this: it's a like Kevin Spacey. Like later on when he started playing like characters you were supposed to like like I think mm-hmm. is where like he loses Kevin Spacey loses the thread. But when he's playing bad guys, you're like. Yeah, yeah, you're good at this. Mm-hmm. Because it turned out he's a bad guy. It turns out he's, he's a bad guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but he's but he's pretty good in it as like sure as like a. I mean, as good as anybody could. He's be. He's the only given. person giving a decent performance in this movie. That's true. Hmm. Kevin Klein seems well. Like he sucks anyway. He's kind of just uh, climbing his way through it. I don't like him, but he's uh, very not bad. Not at Elizabeth Master Antonio, who I love, who's the the rich man's Ali, uh, rich man's uh, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Who's the poor man's any actress? <laughs> Kevin Kevin famously hates Annie McDowell. Wow, Annie so McDowell, the movie killer. We got a Klein hater and a McDowell hater. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, she's not in this. She's so not in this. She's not in this. No, we, my, all, we all love Mary Elizabeth my favorite, Antonio. Ma- Mary Elizabeth Antonio is my favorite Annie McDowell. She never gave up on anything in her life. Now fight, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says Burzel Brigman back on the air. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Keep pantyhose on. So these adults, these consenting adults, live next door to each other. Uh, it's established that Mary, Mary Elizabeth Antonio and Kevin Klein's character have a daughter who's seen in two scenes. About to go off to college. She's going, or she's, to boarding school. She's going to boarding school. boarding school. She has her birthday party and then she goes up to boarding school. And Kevin Spacey creepily says uh, your beautiful where's that where's your beautiful daughter mm-hmm. like more than once and the plot thickens <laughs> there's nothing kevin spacey won't try to throw a shot into that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't go anywhere thankfully yeah but he does creep but the way he says your beautiful daughter seems like it might have it's a little pervy it, written in the script might have been like yeah, yeah she's a beautiful daughter where's your beautiful daughter but the way he says it you're like what is he gonna do to this daughter oh no <laughs> yeah 
thankfully, uh, spoiler alert, nothing. 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 But uh, so anyway, he... So they have a cordial first relationship, and then, you know, they become closer friends, the two yeah. couples. And until one... And, and Kevin Klein is definitely developing a crush on Rebecca Miller. He mm-hmm. spies on her from his window spies where he works on his, his music, and he can see her undress. Yeah. Her silhouette undress. Does uh-huh. he jerk it? Is no. That kind of, it's not that kind of movie. Not that kind of movie. No, no, he's, yeah. he's, he's perfectly... But then, anyway, one day... Oh, wait. Well, we forgot first, an first important there's, part. There's, the first thing he, like, there's this... He, he, he owes a lot of debt. Kevin Klein's Kevin in a Klein, lot of debt. Kevin Klein's in a lot of debt, and he mentions it to Kevin Spacey while they're, uh, while they're at a boxing gym. And Kevin Spacey's basically, he's basically like uh, the alpha male, and then he's, classic, call, he's calling Kevin Classic Klein scene a, where they, they have boxing yep. to explain yep. the, the difference between the two guys, where Kevin Spacey is telling him how to be more of a man while he's punching him in the boxing ring. Right. Just like the beginning of Broken, Broken Arrow. Arrow. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he, uh, he has $25,000 in debt. And so Kevin Spacey goes, I got, I got this covered. I got this covered. And yeah. he works out a scam where they hit him with their car, mm-hmm. and he's got, like, this fake doctor guy who comes in and says, like, this. And so they convince the insurance company. The insurance company pays out $30,000. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to keep 5000 of that, but, the you know, the rest is for your 25000 but the 5000 for the not bad, huh? <laughs> and and so they really, and they kind of, like, are conflicted. They're like, should we take the money? I don't know. They're not Maybe conflicted for very long or very conflicted. No, 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 not for very long. <laughs> but then they take the money. And mm-hmm. then they're like, okay, this guy, okay, this guy's kind of cool, I guess. But it's also like, that's where the first, uh, you start seeing like, maybe this guy's a bad guy. Right. Although, right from the beginning, he's well, the, a the, fucking bad guy. The fact that he's outwardly sinister. <laughs> the second yeah. of many shoes drops in almost the following scene, yeah. where he and Kevin Klein are out having beers, uh-huh. uh, with, and, they, and, and uh, Rebecca Miller's character is like singing at the bar. She wants to be a singer. The plot point where she sings and that comes back later because right it turns into a whole thing later. Voice and stuff. But they're watching her and Kevin Spacey basically suggests that they swap wives. Yeah. Um. And Kevin Klein is of course like, "Hey man, I fuck my wife. Uh, you know, I don't know what your deal is." He gets all indignant about it. Kevin Klein also in the ice storm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. About wife swapping. <laughs> Yeah, talking about wife swap. <laughs> Kevin Smith or Kevin, Kevin Smith, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Klein, <laughs> advocate for wife swapping. Well, well I think it's a little parties. more critical in the ice storm. They're both. They seem like they're both kind of critical of the idea. <laughs> uh, the, well, this one just well, turns. somebody winds up dead in both movies. Oh shit, <laughs> that's true. Um, so bad. yeah, so so they do one night they switch, they switch wives, and they cross paths in the middle. Well, of the it's night. not actually clear that Kevin Spacey goes and fucks Mary Elizabeth Matthew right. Antonio that night. But what we do know is Kevin Klein goes next door and fucks somebody. He fucks. He goes he up. Fucks the, a woman. He fuck. Well, he fucks. He fucks. Uh, Who Kevin he Spacey's assumes wife. to be Rebecca Miller. Next next morning. Okay. She's found b- beaten beaten to, to death, death with a baseball, with a baseball bat. bat. I'm sorry. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! No, no, and it won't be the last yeah, time. It won't be the last, the last time, time that happens. Someone's beaten to death with a baseball bat in this movie. Wow. There are two more times people are beaten to death with a baseball what bat. What kind of an adult would consent to that? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, Go Kevin on. Klein is immediately arrested for the crime. Sure. Yeah. And convicted. Mm-hmm. Well, no, is he convicted or is he just waiting? Uh, he's out he's, on bond. He's out on he's bond. He's presumed innocent. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> it looks bad. <laughs> it's a call. It's a callback to a better movie. Yeah. He's presumed innocent. Then the insurance investigator, Forrest Whitaker, shows up. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker, <laughs> uh, who is investigating Kevin Spacey's uh, uh, insurance shenanigans. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kevin Spacey has now shacked up with Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Uh-huh. And they've got this house that they were looking at on the beach, and she was saying, like, oh, if you take this out and make this. So she's kind of living her little dream life mm-hmm. a little, too. 
So and he she, checked up with she her. She ditches Kevin Klein. It's unclear how. Yeah, she divorces him. It's yep. unclear how much time has gone by. It's months, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like six months or something. She bounces back but, pretty quick, though. Yeah. And then Kevin Klein. <laughs> yeah, a little too quick. Somehow, I forget exactly how he determines that Rebecca Miller's not dead. He. Yeah, he hears her on the radio. On some jazz That's right. Station. On some, it's like he's listening to the radio in his <laughs> shitty apartment that he's stuck in, like, like eating a, a fast food yeah. sandwich. And he's like, uh, he hears this like uh, country music contest on the radio, and he determines that it's her voice. And then, because you know he's got an ear for for music, because he's a musician who writes jingles about fitness equipment. <laughs> he's the best. Yeah. It's funny too. It's just a weird side note. Uh, you know, this movie is 25 years old. All the equipment he's got in his room to make these jingles, wouldn't you just do it on a fucking MacBook we're laptop doing it, now? We're doing it right now. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he hears her voice. He finds out where that was recorded. He goes. He tracks her down. She's not dead. It was a different woman. It was a different was a decoy woman. This is all Kevin Spacey's scam to collect on a $4 million life insurance policy that he took out on the wife. Yeah. Now, here's where things get a little confusing for me. Kevin Klein tracks her down to this, like, you know, flea bag motel, mm-hmm. leaves for a second, <laughs> during which, during which, like, 20 minutes go by, <laughs> and Kevin Spacey comes back, beats her to death with a baseball bat again. <laughs> and now I'm wondering, like, well, okay. when the, and then the cops are immediately on their way. Like, this happens in, like, 90 seconds. Like, she got beaten to death. Kevin Klein comes back, finds the dead body. Same as, mm-hmm. finds, finds the dead body. Because in the earlier scene, he goes next door. He sees all the cops, and he busts his way through. And they're like, "You're not supposed to go in there." But nobody actually stops him, and he runs all the way up and sees her beaten yeah. to death. Must be one of the finest examples of police intuition. <laughs> Unbelievable. Totally. Anyway, so yeah. now I'm like, well, if he didn't kill, if they know he didn't kill this woman in the first place, who was originally murdered? Like, there's got to be. They got to shut down the investigation at this point. But no, Kevin Klein is like, they're gonna catch me. I gotta run away. Uh, so he runs. He runs instead of like go, going like I didn't do it, and here's what happened. She mm-hmm. was the real lady that you thought, and going like and the cops maybe going, oh, we should investigate this. Right? <laughs> Does he run literally? Yeah. Like yeah. He's he actually takes like off. him running on the street. Oh yeah. Yeah. He Great. runs and excellent. Yeah. And then he tracks down <laughs> Kevin Spacey <laughs> at the at the house that he is now staying with Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Yeah. They have a big final confrontation, which inexplicably involves Kevin Spacey Kevin's- stalking them around this mansion with an Uzi. With an Uzi. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's an Uzi in this movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, Two yeah. Two women get beaten to death with a baseball bat. Well, yeah. at least yeah. it's suggested. And oh, no. They're Uzi. beaten to death with that baseball bat. Oh, yeah. I didn't think either one of those elements was going to be Yeah, so movie. Rebecca Miller is now actually dead. Yeah. She, she did finally get he beaten He did to death finally murder bat. her. And it's like, so where's, what's your, what's your plan? What's here? going on? And who got killed in the first place? Nobody seems to care. No. Okay. Just, a, just some woman. His plan looks doesn't like make any sense of this. Like, I don't know how he thinks he's going to get away with this further. Also, like, <laughs> Kevin Klein trying, like, he he did go in there and fuck that lady that who lady. got beaten to death, who I guess I guess was hired to just, like, lay Be there. Be a decoy. And get, fucked, get by fucked by Kevin, by Kevin Klein. Some guy's going to come in here and he's going to have sex with you. Okay. Then I'm going to come beat you to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, <too>. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't ever know any, we don't know anything about that other, the real woman who got murdered the first time. Wow. We don't hear anything about her. I mean, the movie's a tight 98 minutes. <laughs> it moves. It does, it does keep moving in the stupidest way stupidest possible. Stupidest possible. Uh, but yeah, so it ends up with then, like, so... Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio is still like she's kind of become convinced that that like this guy's bad guy, mm-hmm. even though he's like outwardly. Sh- it's showing pretty he's clear a bad that he's bad news at it's this ba- point. It's mm-hmm. clear he's bad from the very beginning. Right, um, clear but, to her finally. So they get so they get in a fight. 
She ends up bashing Kevin Spacey over the head with a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> and he dies. Yeah, and he dies. So that's three people Three people in this movie murdered by baseball bats. That's so three more than I would have Because he had the baseball bat because he was going to make it look now... Like he Kevin killed Mary Elizabeth Master Antonia and murdered his ex-wife. That's because, his mo. Because she was sleeping with him, uh-huh. and she's like, "It'll it's per- it makes perfect sense." It doesn't, but in no. the, it does, I guess, in this guy's brain. Um, so he, so then, so then he's dead. Um, and then it just cuts to later, and uh, and they're back together. Fine, and they're back, and they're back together. Yeah. Oh, the couple is reunited. Then, and the last and shot is playing is, this happy music again from yeah. the very beginning, and it's not. I don't. It didn't. Appear to me that there's any kind of critical. There wasn't supposed to be any irony to it or anything. No. It's just that they got back together it's and fine. things are okay. And they move out to a house in the middle of nowhere. So the last yeah. shot is like the pullout, you know, where there's this big house in the middle of fucking nowhere. No neighbors. No yeah. neighbors. Mm-hmm. So the lesson of consenting adults is neighbors. Don't are fuck terrible. your neighbors. They, thou shalt not covet <laughs> thy neighbor's wife. Um, so that's. <laughs> thou shalt not let moochers into thy hut. I don't know what to, what else to say about it that we haven't already. It's uh, it's stupid. I think if your marriage can weather an insurance crime scam that involves the bat, baseball bat deaths of three people, three people. then and uh, an Uzi. It's just, well, their marriage only didn't. Stronger. Their marriage didn't weather that. She divorced him, and now I mean, they're in, eventually. Oh yeah, yeah. It once it turns out, once it turns out, you're not the murderer. Actually, yes. though, it's a sim- kind of like uh, similar thematically to presumed innocent, which mm-hmm. both end the same way, where it's like. Because at the end of Presumed Innocence... Harmony is restored. In mm-hmm. a way. Like, although in this one it's treated as like just straight up... It's a blanket. It's, it's like a net positive. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, this is good. And there's not like any sign of like, this is... Uh, maybe this is bad. Like in Presumed Innocent, there's nuance and there's like well, a thing punished, where he's like, yeah. he's punished for the... And she's punished and everybody's... Yeah. Everybody's like, the, everything's We're back all to compromised morally normal, by this whole situation. Everything's fucked up. Whereas in this one, it's like, uh, this is fine. <laughs> The bad guy's dead, so yeah. this is fine. It's fine. He's dead. It's very much got the sheen of like, well, we had this crummy erotic thriller script. We're making a ton of these right now because Basic Instinct is so popular. Yeah. And Sliver or whatever. And like, we got to do Sliver, by the way. Yeah, Anyhow, yeah. Uh, we're, you know, we're making a bunch of these sort of semi-erotic thrillers. Uh, we got this one. We got a star. We got some stars. Oh, Pakula says he'll do it. You know, and he made all the President's Men and Presumed Innocent. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. I mean, it's just very much like this is a 90s programmer. Like, yep. they put the package together. Like, whatever whatever agency was like, yeah, well, we represent Kevin Klein, Kevin Spacey, and Maria Elizabeth Master Antonio and Alan Pakula. Here, somebody mm-hmm. read this script. Boom. We got to move it. We're going to do it. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole movie. I mean, there's not much else to it. It's just it moves. And so in that regard, it's not bad, but it sucks. And it's, it's not really imaginatively photographed at all. No. And the music is bad. It's like straight front to back generic. It's a lifetime movie that costs a lot of money. Yeah. Well, well answer me this because the <laughs> the promotional uh, stuff, like the poster and whatever, like is, sell it as being a somewhat erotic movie. Is yeah. it ever eh, even not, attempting to be erotic? Not at really. Times? The is sex like... scene where he's where he has sex with the with the, the decoy murdered woman is like eh, not really. It's like very classy. It's okay. also it's also just kind of a little. It's a little gross. I don't even think there's any thrust. It's a little gross because there's just Jeez. Kevin Spacey comes into the room where she's waiting for him, and she's like naked with her, like laying on the bed with her back to him, and the, and it does this Artful. long, it does this Push long in. slow pan up her body, like along her body, her naked body, and it's a bit like it's like silhouette. It's really un, it's you know. unnecessary because at this point we know that he's like hot for this lady who is attractive, and we're like, well, I don't know, we. I don't know if we needed that re- that minute and a half long <laughs> shot of this lady's naked body, Alan. But uh, you know, you're getting up there in age, I guess. <laughs> right. Do what you do. What you gotta do. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not. It, it like is. It like touches on that erotic thriller, but it doesn't quite. It's not there yet. Okay. Like this is this isn't 
our first erotic thriller because it kind of it's like of that genre tangentially like er- erotic thrillers oftentimes and basic instinct is not one of these but where they uh, they also often promise way more than they're willing to deliver well, which is weird because oh, yeah. just like just put the boobs in the movie put the sex in the movie if you're right. gonna but a lot of them oh, will yeah. advertise them as such and then they won't. and this is this is one of those that would has what was advertised as sort of like oh it's gonna be kind of sexy kinda that too Sliver's better. But Sliver at least yeah. has Tom Berenger fucking Sharon Stone up against a wall at one point, if I remember right. Cool. Yeah. And a good UB40 song on the soundtrack. Yeah, good yeah. tune. Oh, yeah. I actually, like, <coughs> Billy Baldwin. That. I actually like it as much as the original Elvis one. Sliver's anyway, uh, let's, not talk, let's not talk about Sliver right now. We, okay. we will. We will. Uh, later, yeah. But uh, Consenting Adults, yeah. Uh, Travis, I recommend highly that you watch this. Well, I'll come I back in the your... next episode, and I'll have watched it, and I'll um, give you my I Judd give it. I give it one, one and a half Judds. I give it. I give it one Judd. Oof. Yeah, I'm first I, one I think, I'm, I think I'm giving it. I think I'm going to give it three and a half Douglases. Because I'm not even going to go that far. Pretty, it didn't make me feel gross. It just it just right. irritated me. I was bored. Yeah, see, I wasn't I wasn't really bored by it, but I was laughing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe three. I'll give it three another Douglases. DNA thing too. By give the way, like Douglases. if they had done any kind of DNA testing at all, oh, yeah. they could have at least figured out that that wasn't his fucking wife. <laughs> the very least they would be able to tell it wasn't the person that I mean they said it was. that that's I mean they could have even used her dental records or fingerprints or something Which did maybe exist right I mean they st- still wouldn't have necessarily let Kevin Klein off the hook no I mean he would have been arrested for just murdering, for murdering some, lady, some lady but still you'd wonder what happened to the wife <laughs> again right. again and I hadn't thought about this till we were talking about these back to back a little weirdly misogynist that like both of them involved this blonde women getting murdered and this like in in the case of presumed innocent she's like described as a slut in this one you i guess are just so oh, supposed to assume she was a she's just a toy who he hired yeah. or something that is just a dead person that nobody ever talks about and then and then it's like <laughs> it's not real tragic or anything that she actually does get killed later it's more just an inconvenience for kevin klein <laughs> yeah it's a plot point uh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, great to movie. De- beaten to death by baseball bats. Yeah. Three people beaten to death by baseball bats. Three people bats. beaten to death by Consenting baseball bats. Consenting a bat. Another good another <laughs> better title than the one that they used. Yeah. Three baseball bat death beatings. Eight the bats movie. in a duffel bag. <laughs> From the best-selling thriller by John Grisham. Author of The Firm and The Client. From Alan J. Bakula, director of All the President's Men and Presumed Innocent. The Supreme Court of the United States, the ultimate symbol of law and order. But in a single night, two of its justices will be brutally assassinated. Everyone is assuming that the motive is hatred or revenge. What if the issue involved old-fashioned material greed? Uh, well, moving on to the third movie, the one that I did see. Okay, so that said then... Is Consenting Adults the worst movie we're going to talk about on this podcast today? Because yes. I think The Pelican Brief might be worse. No. I think The Pelican Brief is t- is not worse. Pel- it's well, technically how long, better. How long it's is Consenting Adults? 98 minutes. How long is Pelican Brief? 210. It's it sure as shit is. It's, it's 240 long. minutes. Or, sorry. Is it, yeah, is it, is it 220? It's 220. Oh, I think God. I had to flip over the DVD. Oh, wow. Yes. Early flipper <laughs> DVD. Over. I watched the Blu-ray. I, think I, took, I, went, I went classy. This, this is a movie that sh- would be pushing it at 90 minutes. It's nearly two <laughs> and a half hours Let's set the scene long. a little bit. This is a John Grisham adaptation. Yep. 1993. Came out the same year as The Firm. Mm-hmm. And Jurassic um, Park. And Jurassic Park, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, ne- the Firm is also not nearly as good as the book, the movie uh, The Firm. But The Pelican Brief is a bad book. 
The firm's a fun movie at any rate, I find. It, it fucks up the ending. But yes, sure. it is more amusing than this. Yeah. Uh, but the, the book of the Pelican Brief is quite dull. <laughs> and it's predicated upon a, like a gimmick that makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Which is that, and I'm going to now try to summarize the Pelican Brief. Two Supreme Court justices are assassinated. Big deal. That's a big deal. Big deal. Uh, law student Darby Shaw... Played by Julia Roberts. Very pretty young, pretty fresh, very young, pretty fresh, fresh, very young, Julia fresh faced Julia Roberts. It was only a couple Roberts. years after Pretty Woman, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that long after, yeah. Uh, writes a brief in which she theorizes that they were assassinated uh, through the machinations of an oil company in order to pack the bench and pass legislation that would allow the oil company to build a factory or something on this protected land. Mm hmm. She gives this to her boyfriend, her professor, Sam Shepard. Outsider playwright Sam Shepard. Who passes it on to his buddy as a, as a goof, by the way. Because not, not only does Sam Shepard think it's ludicrous, but so does Julia Roberts' character. She's like, I just wrote this for fun. Passes it off to his buddy. Passes it off to his buddy at the FBI. Linda Krakowski's boyfriend from Crocodile Dundee. John Hurd. No, it's John Hurd. It's John Hurd, yeah. noted stalker. John he worked, Hurd, and he's, he works for the FBI. He's an FBI R.I.P. John Hurd. R.I.P. John wow, Hurd. Wow, good lord. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it ends up getting read by the president's chief of staff, Tony Goldwyn, bad guy, from, bad Ghost. guy Tony from Ghost. Yeah. You know, if Tony Goldwyn's in a movie, you know he's going to be the bad guy. He just looks like a dick. <laughs> but the upshot of all this is she's right. Yeah, she nails it. She nails it right away. And it spooks the powers that be so much that they take out a contract on her life. They start killing everybody. They start killing everyone. They kill Sam Shepard. They kill the FBI guy. She's also supposed to be in the car with Sam Shepard. Right, they're trying to kill them both. They kill, and they hire Stanley Tucci as the assassin that killed the, uh, the Supreme Court justices, so he's now trying to kill Julia Roberts. Tooch rocking a Russian accent. And Middle I Eastern, think perhaps. this they kill in, him. Yeah. They, this whole thing to me is just so preposterous. Not just because it's a convoluted movie plot, but because like they could have just let it go. Yeah. Right. It I was mean, just a freaking paper they, like, that they, she They could have just, nobody would have ever seen this. They could have completely ignored it and not gotten caught. And everything would have been fine. Yeah. And it goes, and of course it goes all the way to the top. All the way to the top because the president gives the order to obstruct the investigation because the the oil company is like the guy for the the CEO of the oil company who's like the basically the bad guy who never appears on camera by the way that's right uh, weird is like a buddy and a and a campaign contributor right. and a huge political you know donor and the president isn't actually guilty of this he's just guilty of trying no he's to just cover guilty of trying to obstruct the, obstruct the investigation but he didn't have anything to do Robert with Culp it. plays the president Robert Culp Playing another feckless, slightly evil character. And it's just James B. Seeking in this, too? Isn't he and, aren't he and William Atherton, the two, yep. like, you know, the Ehrlichman and Haldeman of this scenario? I don't I think, think it's William, is it William Atherton. William Atherton is in it. Also, Dr. Chilton is in it as well. Dr. Chilton, that's right. Lambs. Anthony so Held. you got Atherton and that guy. Well, this is a tough movie to pay attention to, apparently. But, it's uh, long and boring. But it's, it's long got, and fucking um, boring. But, but we haven't even mentioned the fact that Denzel Washington is in it. Yeah, fresh-faced young Denzel Washington. As well, a reporter me... who stumbles into this because she contacts him. Why? Because yeah. um, he's a famous reporter. Right. 
And she her, contacted, uh, she, Shepherd, she can't trust boyfriend. anybody. And Sam Shepard knew him. Was a fan. Was she a fan. Yeah. And, and fan. so she, so she like gets a hold of him, and she's, she's at a loss for who to talk to. And Bef- so before we get like into the deep end of this movie, can I share with you like the my favorite part about this whole movie? Do it. And what, which I think is like one of those things that indicates what kind of movie you're dealing with right from the very beginning. There is a shot of a protest happening. Oh, right. No, I was going to protest the protest. This is the first thing that you see is this shot of pelicans that ends up being like a tape from a... It's a pelican brief. You actually do see pelicans in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the pelicans are, you know, a big part of the movie. Yep, they sure are. And then, and then like the sound of the pelicans turns into, like fades into the sound of protesters. Just a bunch of fucking noise, am I right? But uh, but it's <laughs> the like signs, but it's man. a it's like a it's like general, a catch-all protest, it's like a general protest. And it's I took so a bunch weird. of pictures of the signs. Yeah. it's not all protesting one thing. Nope. It's people on the right wing, people on the left wing, yeah. yep, for the variety of different views, all coming together to protest. And so here's here's some of the signs. You got abortion is murder. Okay, that's true. Pretty, pretty standard stuff. Handgun control. Mm. Right yep. next to the abortion is murder. I know. <laughs> Good or bad, who knows? Keep our keep the dolphins safe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Keep what about dolphin, the pelicans? Keep the dolphins safe. <laughs> Just keep them safe. I mean, we can't expect to, you know, protect them 100%, but keep them safe if you can. Uh, save our cities, save our children. That's real vague. Uh, fur is death. Oof. Fur is death. Thou shalt not kill. One of them just protesting murder. <laughs> just murder in general. Uh, honor Mother Earth. Uh-huh. Right next to thou shalt not kill. Uh, and then some of them say death to Boswell, who is the the Supreme Court justice, one of them who gets killed. Right. These people are all presumably Hume Cronin. This guy, uh, second time Alan Pakula has assassinated Boswell, Hume Cronin. Boswell uh, might be the, yeah, but Hume Cronin, yeah, who also <clears> gets uh, he killed. gets poisoned to death in the parallax in the view. Parallax view. Here's one that says violence, and then it's crossed out. So these people are anti-violence. <laughs> Unlike unlike other people who are like 100 percent or pro violence, there's a, there's a pro violence protest across the street. One of these signs just says I can't read the whole thing, but it says lesbian. So something, something having to do with that. <laughs> the thing about it is some of them these are supposed to be like homemade, but there's all the signs are like these mass produced signs. There's some of them that there's like five that, that are exactly the same in these shots, and it's like I don't think that's how protests look. yeah at a certain point they go back to the protest past the halfway part of the, of the movie and denzel blends in with them but like people it's like people pro gun people apparently yeah. and they just have signs that are guns <laughs> they're just <laughs> they're just pistols they're just like cut out and they're holding them up like pistols. pistols yeah guns have them um, these are them so denzel is in this movie and i think i mentioned this in the last episode about hackman but denzel he's like he's like one of those actors where you're like this yeah. guy is playing below his this is yes. not his league he is and his character doesn't have his character is like nothing. I remember actually there I got this passage from Ebert's review of, oh, okay. of Pelican Brief, which oh, he gave excellent. a R.I.P. Roger Ebert, which he gave yeah. a three star. Everybody which, involved in this is dead. Which he dying, gave everyone. A, a three star review, but he basically was like, "This movie is there's not really who ca-. he was basically like I enjoyed it." What's he say here? He says. It's a clever device to take your mind off your problems for 141 minutes. I enjoyed it until it was over. I will have little reason to think about it in the weeks to come. I will forget it in a year. And that's a positive. That's a generous and review. this is a positive review. But here's this part where he talks about Washington's character. And this, I wanted to talk about this because it also brings us back to all the president's men mm. and Parallax View, which this is the movie of all three that's the direct closest to the, the Parallax direct descendants <clears throat> from Parallax and all the president's men. But he says it's depressing to reflect that this shallow exercise in Washington conspiracy has been directed by the same man who made a great film, All the President's Men, on the same subject. Depressing, too, to remember that both films center on the work of investigating newspaper men, Woodward and Bernstein, who were smart, aggressive, and political in the earlier film, and Washington's character, who is smart, brave, shallow, and utterly apolitical in this one. And that's, kind of, that's basically describing his character, which is that he's in it. 
Yeah. And the, Washington, whole, the whole movie is apolitical. Denzel I mean, Washington is... Protest signs, for example. Yeah. And the two guys who get killed, I think, are on... They're opposing... They're right. opposed. The judges are on opposing sides. They agree on this one thing or something. That's the thing. That's the thing that tips her off, is they agree on nothing except... Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, at one point, the, the president, who I don't know who he's supposed to be based on, who, who the president himself is also apolitical, aside from his machinations, he's, he's which are how, personal. He's how presidents were presented then. They were kind of like older men who were kind pre-9/11, of... Pre-9-11, like, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's all... Because pre-9-11, uh, I mentioned this to Matt earlier, that a lot of the thrillers, like, you know, there's a... Every thriller after JFK was like... Government's the bad guy. JFK, government's the bad guy. Watergate, government's the bad guy. Government was the bad guy in Nobody thrillers trust until 9-11. And then yep. after that... The government's like, well, maybe there's other bad guys out there that aren't the government. Yeah. Or maybe someone in the government is bad, but like these would go to the top. If anything, the government overreaches in trying to kill these other bad guys. Right. And right. I mean, the real bad guys. All the President's Men is based on a, a real thing, and so the, the government wasn't the, was the bad guy. Yeah. In it Parallax was, view, it's not even the government. It's just this shadowy corporation that's more that like makes capitalism. assassins. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's just capitalism. But also, like, but, but <clears throat> the government is clearly hiring them out sure. to... Uh, yeah. Someone in, in power is mm-hmm. hiring them out to assassinate, uh, you know, political yeah. rivals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, well, so I was watching Parallax after, uh, again, too, which I hadn't seen in a while, and I thought it was much better than Pelican Brief. It's almost also almost as equally, like... Uh, uh, shallow mm-hmm. as this. There's not a lot to it. It's fairly apolitical, um, and Warren Beatty is also sort of like batting kind of a cipher. below his. He's, he's sort of love. like a Washington character. Yeah. The Washington character in this movie, he's but, just chasing the story. Like, but why is it? I watched it again, and I was like, this is so much better than the Pelican Brief. Yeah. Not, sure. only it, not only is it shorter, but I mean, I'm just saying what because they're kind of very similar in some ways, but also like, how is the '90s one? So much shittier than the '70s one. It can't just be that it was in a different decade. The the parallax view is much more cynical. The sure. ending of uh, Pelican Brief ends with uh, her basically getting away and then revealing the stuff, and yeah. and then it ends with the stupidest it's line fun. ever. Denzel Washington is being interviewed by somebody. He goes talking about Darby Shaw. Who's this Darby Shaw? Is she even real? Is Darby Shaw too good to be true? And Denzel goes. She just might be, mm. and then and, she's and then in Julia Roberts smiles because she was complimented. And smiles the end, <laughs> and smiles and that's the end. She's fine. She just has to be on the run for the rest of her life. Right, right before <laughs> that too. There's this very irritating scene. A lot of this movie is very irritating in just like subtle sorts of ways. But where Denzel, like they've got everything that they need. Like they've they've basically won. They got all the information. They went to a lockbox or whatever. And uh, Denzel's the reporter, and he's on the phone with the people he's going to bring down. You know, like telling yeah. him what, telling him what's what. And Julia Roberts just watches him, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the whole scene. So it's Denzel on the phone going like, "Guess what? We found all this information." And they're like, "Oh, well, you bet you don't have this." And he's like, "Well, actually, I do." And they're like, "Oh shit!" And then it cuts to Julia Roberts just smiling. She, yeah. Julia Roberts has to like, she doesn't say shit, and she ha- just has to like react to all of this. She's the it one gets so tedious she, and embarrassing. She doesn't do anything. She's yeah, the one she's who, like, well, she said that. She's literally the one. She's smart enough to uncover this whole thing. Yeah, she's smart all the time in this movie. But then, like, she doesn't really have a lot to do. Like, she has to go find a a guy, this newspaper reporter. She has to go find a man to like take care of it. Take care of it. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to be in this kind of movie. You do it. I'm just supposed to be a law student. Go to the press. Yeah. Um, But uh, but yeah, I mean, I watched Parallax, and it's kind of like the Warren Beatty character is almost as like shitty at his job as the Washington character in this. Um, but it's so much better. It's like, I don't know. Well, I think it's, a lot of it has to do with the, the style. actually does some investigating. 
And it's shot. Well, I mean, the whole movie's and the whole movie is is like the investigation. This movie just kind of gives you an info dump of what the Pelican Brief is halfway through. Like, anyway, here's what's going on. And yeah. You go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting comparisons be- for me between this and the Pelican or, or this and Parallax View are are that uh, the Beatty character has some personal stakes because his friends were the ones mm-hmm. that were murdered. Mm-hmm. Well, she, Roberts has personal stakes, and she's trying, right. She's, but originally, it's like there's just a political, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's the whole thing. And then, uh, the the tone of it is the, the the narrative exposition is a lot more abstracted in mm-hmm. in Parallax View. They never really explicitly come out and tell you what's going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's not a chase movie. They oh, there are chases. There are chases, but it's not like a movie where they're spending the whole time trying to track Warren Beatty down. Like he keeps inserting himself into these situations and then finding himself in jeopardy. Right. And then the centerpiece of the Parallax View. Is this training film? Yeah, the the classic moment. It's yeah, it's the it's the most memorable thing in the whole movie, obviously, uh, where he goes to the Parallax Corporation and they think he's they're indoctrinating him to be an assassin, and he watches this weird hypnotic abstract avant garde Father film. USA. You, it's it's like ten you. minutes out in the middle of the movie. The movie stops cold, so you can watch this. It's clearly the reason they made the movie. Yes, <laughs> it's like well, we had this, it's so gen- we built a movie around it's it. It's exactly genuinely right. awesome. It too. is it's incredible, fucking awesome. I when I watched this the other day to prepare for this, I watched that scene twice. Yeah, and I and now you're an assassin. I've watched right. Parallax View <laughs> once all the way through. I've watched that scene just like on YouTube or yeah, whatever YouTube over ten times. It's great, it's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're not. That's and that's. But what's interesting is there are scenes in the Pelican Brief where, like, they're sort of like she's watching this documentary. Well, about the movie the stops Pelican cold Revenge in the middle, where she to explain to, the to movie watch this to PBS you. documentary. But the way he shoots the PBS documentary, not the actual thing itself, but the yeah. way he shoots us seeing it yeah. is like close-ups, very extreme close-ups on the TV monitor, so you see all the pixels and stuff, and it gets a little abstract, and it's mm-hmm. like a little grace note, almost like. The training film in Parallax yeah. View, and also Pakula has sole screenwriting credit on this movie. That was wild, yeah. Well, I was and surprised I think, to see that. I yeah. think what, yeah, I think the thing is, is that this movie it's such is such a stupid movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, Parallax View is like ninety something minutes long or something. It's like an hour forty. Yeah. It's not too long, and then this is like over two hours long. And I think that a lot of it is just like watching that the set, the difference between the seventies thriller like Parallax View, where it was sort of like abstract conspiracy, mm-hmm. and you kind of are finding out what's going on as it go, and then this is like the classic of this nineties sort of thriller. We adapted a crappy airport. They're novel. explaining everything to you. Yeah, like they're like not there's not, like they're like constantly it's constantly exposing at you. Yeah, and you know who the bad guys are very early on. And the and, con- like, and the overarching conspiracy doesn't remotely pass the bullshit test either, right. because like killing two Supreme Court justices is fucking amazing. Like that has never happened ever. I don't think has a Supreme Court justice ever been assassinated. I don't know. I don't I'm not think even so. sure that's ever happened. And then they kill two in the same day in the or same something. Day clearly part of a thing, <laughs> and and it's just sort of like a, a little like a mystery that needs to be solved or something like yeah. that. And the reason for doing it is so this already rich oil baron can. I mean, can well, get another can get more oil. I mean, I know these people are evil and, and stuff, it's, but it's, that's crazy. It's also because like the incoming president might not have the same. So he's gonna. Right. So he, yeah, he, they want to get rid of these guys because the incoming president if he's going to do if this guy wins the election then he'll get to pick supreme court justices but it's all very a lot of that stuff is very muddly it's pretty nebulous it's yeah. not very like and it's not well done in the way the parallax is where you kind of you don't know what's going on at all the entire movie really but you're still like fascinated by it and this is like 
you kind of know what's going on because people are constantly explaining it to you. And also I was confused because they were explaining a bunch of stuff I didn't get. <laughs> I'm like, why is that happening? Wait, who's who are they talking about? They just start talking about this off-screen villain at yeah. some point. And I'm like, they keep saying his name over and over. And I'm like, when are they going to show him? And you never see this guy. Oh, you see him in a photo. Yeah. <laughs> That's And it. he's like briefly seen in the documentary. But they keep talking they about him. They keep talking about him. Like he's like fucking... Kaiser Soze or something. <laughs> <clears throat> but you pointed out this earlier that this movie wraps up. It wraps up. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And like, every, I mean, everybody remembers the end of Parallax View where it turns out that he's been, they've been like setting him up yep, to be kind okay. of the assassin. But all, and not only does that not end up okay, like it doesn't turn out okay for the guy we've been following. He, nope. But like the last scene of the Parallax View is the same as the opening scene of it where you're looking at a like a like a panel of experts like a government a government panel of experts that are saying well we investigated it and he was a lone gunman and he was just a crazy crack yeah. up and uh, no further questions at the end yeah you yeah. know and i don't think that like happy endings i'm not one of those people that's like happy endings are bad or no. happy or bad endings are are bad or good you know like some people i know talk they like it, a cynical ending is always better so i think they would chalk it up to that like well yeah but that's how it is you know well i don't think it's nothing is always only bad, but it works perfectly for a thriller like that when it's kind of shitty. Whereas these Grisham ones, mm-hmm. he, he they like want these. You want these movie stars to get away. So nobody who would, the Parallax View was, or the Pelican Brief, I'm pretty sure was a big hit. Well, yeah, it's a it was huge and, yeah. and two hundred mil. And so uh, and it's got it's got like you know these beautiful young stars in it. And there's no way any there's no way it would have made two hundred million dollars, right? If like Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington get fucking killed at the end or something, yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to. I mean, they wouldn't want to see that movie. But it's, it's also like, it, ends, like uh, it turns out that the government the government won, and this savvy this right. savvy young lady who you guys all loved in Pretty Woman got murdered. Yep, she's <laughs> dead now. Merry Christmas. But that's it's interesting though because that's exactly the kind of story like. Uh, the the tidy wrap up is like the version of TV that eventually superseded this kind of storytelling. Yeah. But now we're back to a period where we're telling more long form stories on television, and like right. if you made the ten hour TV version of the Pelican Brief now, I guarantee you it would be more nuanced and have a lot more weird shit in it. It would yeah. have more weird shit, but it would also be more boring. I think it could be, it but would I somehow mean, it would somehow be more boring because they would have to go into a bunch of less, stuff. Less less specifically is... the Pelican Brief and more like a story like this. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Although although I am I do think that like less less is more in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So but that's why yeah. That's why that show Homecoming, speaking of Julia Roberts, was so good because it was all half hour episodes. Yeah. I thought I was like, oh, this, this show might be okay. I don't know. And it doesn't Matt, necessarily like, have like a cynical ending, but no. it has not not necessarily a happy one either. It's it very and, that, and that one relates pretty yeah. that that one relates pretty closely to Parallax too. Yeah. Not only is he ripping off all the music from the uh, the seventies movies, Parallax I think is, but I think Parallax View music Prominent. is in there. Yeah. But it's very much like a Parallax View, and and Julie Roberts makes you think of something like the Pelican Brief mm-hmm. also, which is you know because it has this conspiracy theory. Yeah. The other thing that that's uh, famous that this movie's famous for, perhaps what it's most famous interracial for, at this point, is the lack of interracial yeah, romance. Lack of interracial romance. Denzel, Denzel Washington kiss a white lady. would not kiss a white lady for reasons that I I, res- I respect. I suppose. Is that what, but they're, is they're, that what happened? They're yeah. He refused to do it. In the yeah. book, do they hook up? No, I don't oh, believe so. Okay, because I just thought I think they might I have think a kiss. It, I think it ends up because I think it's. Cra- he, I don't know. I don't if remember I if they hook up. Fully in the book. understand his reasons for for refusing to do it, but like it would have been weird yeah. because. 
she her boyfriend was just murdered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Sam wow. Shepard gets blown the fuck up and burns to death, and everything else happens within like a week. It would have been very strange. There was. I feel like I feel like there was some. Was there some criticism of the movie for them not rom- being romantic because they're so because it's like these two attractive leads, right? I think audiences would expect to see two people that yeah. attractive. I'm happy, uh, but it was something happen. that I'm always up, happy when that doesn't. happen. It was an issue that came up at the time a lot. Like Eric Lasalle famously put the kibosh on. Peter Benton's uh, relationship with Dr. Corday on ER because he didn't want to have a romance with a white woman. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Okay. Well, a little geez. ER trivia for yeah. me and Kev. That's Big great. Fans. Well, and, I, I, I can't speak to that one, but in this case, it, uh, for whatever reasons he did it, it ended up being the right choice because uh, sure. just imagining them making out at some point would have been very strange. Well, just I, an I, extra even, layer of boring even nonsense at, on exactly. this. Yeah. Even at the end when she kisses him on the cheek is almost, that's not too far, but it's almost like... Yeah, she, she comes she back just, for a hug. She comes back for the hug. And that makes a lot more sense because they've been through a lot together, but none of, I, right. there's no reason it should be sexual. I mean, this movie's this movie's not good, but like I do like both of them kind mm-hmm. of in it. Like she's not great in it, but Denzel I just like and he's like likable and he's like one of those guys who can you go like what's the character? And he's like he's a reporter. That's it. That's his whole character. <laughs> his whole character seems, is that he's, he's a nice reporter. Enough. And yeah. Denzel is able to turn him into like a person that you go like I like this guy why he's, do you like him because he's Denzel Washington that's why I like him Denzel Washington's very good at just glowering at people and he does that a lot he glowers at people but then he flashes that smile and, then and you're he'll like give, ah. he'll give a little smile I love it <laughs> and also didn't Sam, know you like to get wet <laughs> but naked but naked Ashley Larry watch your head uh, I, there, I do also just like to me one of the weirdest things about the movie was that Sam Shepard was uh, just just really all over Julia Roberts mm-hmm. in this movie to a, uh, kind of an uncomfortable degree. Yeah, yeah, and he's kind of always touching her. <laughs> the scene where she where she walks away from him and he's like gets blown up, gets blown up right before he gets blown up. She's it, you can see in her mind almost like oh, I'm not gonna I'm breaking up with this guy because yeah. he's guy. like cause he's, he's like being drunk. real drunk and girls just going like come on I'm he's also off the she's wagon like, she's like I'm keeps, gonna yeah, like, I'm gonna walk and he's like fucking whatever and she's I just feel like she's like I'm gonna break up with him and then he blows up and she's like oh I, oh, no. I kind of liked him I don't know what I feel weird now yeah there's one there's one part she seems when, mad when at they're him. like in her place and like one of her and like one of her friends shouts outside of the door she's like hey Julia you want to come hang out and he just Runs up to her and starts making out with her, so they could be like making out in in the proximity in of, of her friend or something. Her friend is like, uh, okay. I'm busy right now, and you're just like, leave her alone, Sam. You her old piece of shit. Her friend is uh, what's her name right, from Pete? Sex in the City? Yeah, it's Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon, Nixon from Sex in the yeah. City. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Anyway, this was I felt like this one tied most directly to his '70s stuff, mm-hmm. particularly all the President's Men and Parallax View. Because of the conspiracy, but also all the president's men, because it's like does go all the way to the top. Of course, in that one, it's a real thing, and that actually happened, and those guys did that. And in this one, it's like this sort of half. It feels like a half-assed all the president's. It's men. very glossy Hollywood. It's just yeah, totally generic, slick and empty. Like totally, he's got he's, got, throw he's got Julia Roberts, one of the most famous actresses in the world at the time, and this mm-hmm. is the guy who had Jane Fonda in Clute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he can't get anything out of this one. Yeah, nope. How many uh, how many Juds we giving it? Two Juds. Interesting. I'm going to give it two Juds, yeah. I'm giving it one Jud. Ooh. It's too fucking... I, that pisses <laughs> me long. off so much that it's that long. You know, yeah. I'm going to give it two Juds because, I, I, like I said, I liked, I, liked, I liked both of them in it enough to keep it going. Yeah. I found the experience of watching and thinking about it edifying enough to give it two Juds. That's definitely something. Yeah. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm taking a full star off of that, a full Jud off of that shit because of the two hours also, and 20-minute running in it. time. 
Tucci Free. It does have it does have Tucci of Evil in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got uh, a tale of Tucci Cities. It's Ooh. got Fat John Hurt in it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being kind of gross and grabbing his own belly and well shirtless yeah. in front of the mirror too. Ooh, he does weird. a similar. He has a similar thing in The Sopranos. I think they're like hanging out in like a sauna or something, and then he jumps off a bridge. <laughs> Famously ego-free John Hurd. Oh, yeah, famously. <laughs> R.I.P. Just a normal guy. Yeah, R.I.P. He died a while ago. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no Michael Douglases. This movie is not even. No, good. this movie is not, this movie is maybe so one clean. Michael Douglas for Sam Shepard for Sam Shepard. I don't think so. ass Sam Shepard. Maybe half of Michael Douglas, but it's yeah. like not even like it because it's not even it's not even sleazy in the least. It's so clean. Yeah, it's so like even I think it's PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Right? I would assume because even when John Hurd gets blown away, his it's like his brains get blown out on like some mm-hmm. on a mirror or something. No, it's on a TV. I can't remember. It's what on he's an watching. episode. Oh, it's an episode um, of. Uh, of the coach. It's an episode it's of coach. coach. Yes, Jerry, yes. It's, it's Jerry Van Dyke's it's Jerry Van Dyke face. is going like, you know, I'm just kind of a dumbass. And then like his brains go <laughs> all over the sculpture of Jerry Van Dyke. Yeah, that's great. Poor Jerry Van Dyke. That's a good That's a good note to go out on. I right think so. There. Well, we need, we have one more order of business. What's that? Pun. Oh, let's try and oh, uh, if anybody has any, uh, I'm going to let, uh, do you want me to go first? I've only got one for Pelican Brief. What do you got? I got a Pelican Brief one too. What do you got? Uh, well, I had one for the Pelican Brief too, but it's probably going to be the same one that you had. I, all right, I'll, I'll go first. You go first. The Smelly Pants Brief. That's pretty good. Ooh, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, Matt's pants. already heard mine, so you it's go. Good. You go. Uh, presumed incoherent. Ooh, <laughs> oh, nice. Pretty nice. good. Yeah, that's need, actually probably okay, what it was. Well, I'm going to do my Pelican Brief one, and then let's all try and think of a consenting adults if we can, real quick. Okay. Uh, my Pelican Brief one was uh. Pelicant, good grief. Mm. It's a little wordy. It's a little wordy, but if you read those Mad Magazine titles, sometimes... It's all about, it's all some, about rhythm. Sometimes they don't make Pelicant, good grief. Because it's like, you know, then it's, it's the cast of characters and they're all going, oh, what is even happening in this movie? And they're mm. all confused and stuff. Right, how about confounding dolts? Confounding <laughs> dolts, yeah. Yeah, that, that's... Or adults. <laughs> yeah, adults, in yeah. case you didn't get it. Yeah, that's probably pretty good. All right. But they would do... When they would do Clute, it would just be like, Kluge, or something like that. Because they don't know what to do, so they just gave her a funny name. And then the first panel would be like the Jane Fonda character going like, Hi, my name is Janet Kluge. And I'm, I'm a dumb, stupid I, idiot. <laughs> I'm an adult. Everything I do makes no sense. <laughs> and I'm greedy. Because oftentimes they, would, they always like to criticize people for being... Greedy in Mad Magazine. That's really weird. I'm so greedy and I'm, I'm a money grubber. You're like, what? All right. I mean, we're all just kind of trying to oh do what we God. can. Right? Well, well, that's what's that. episode three. I don't. Have we decided. I don't on think we've decided yet. Oh so. shit! We're gonna leave the I audience know. in suspense. Yeah, sorry. We'll, we'll try. We'll try. Now and, the suspense is killing we'll you. We'll try and have some uh, picks at the end of these for the next round, usually. But this time we we blew did, it. We did not. We totally blew it. Anyway, uh, until next time, the suspense is killing us. Uh,